Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Life is full of awesome what ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.
ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Getting It Out Podcast. I want to start this off with an apology to you for your tootsies getting cold, because I know for a fact it's undeniable that you just had your socks rocked clear off into the stratosphere thanks to Wild Times, a band based out of Cleveland, Ohio. And uh, Cleveland does, in fact, rock. And here is evidence. This song, Lust in Leather, is off of their new album, Nefarious Instinct. It drops July 7th through Morbid and Miserable Records. A little Venom, a little punk rock, a little um, heavy metal, a little a lot of things that you like, I bet. I hope. I hope. And if so, you've come to the right episode of Getting It Out podcast because there's more where that came from. On this episode, I'm having a conversation with my good friend, Dom Romeo, and his new band is the subject. We're talking about End Rain and the new record, The Way of All Flesh is Decay, coming soon on Relapse Records. But rather than me tell you more things that you're going to hear, how about I just let you hear them? But first, it's Hot Zone, baby. Have you ever had a curse word just screamed in your face? A singular curse word. I haven't either. But I was just thinking I could do that here. I have the power to do that to you. Unsuspecting, I could have put it right there at the end of the Getting It Out podcast intro song. Just one big F-bomb right in your ears. Nothing you could have done about it. I could do that. I have that power. It's, it's nothing I've ever considered before. Is that I can say whatever I want to say. You're my captive audience. I can do what I want with you. With your ears. Uh... I can say whatever I want to say into your ears. Sorry, that got real weird real fast. Didn't mean for that. And I apologize for the extra enthusiasm. I'm just excited about this episode of Getting It Out podcast. It's one I've been looking forward to for quite a while, and that is not an exaggeration. I've been speaking to Dom about doing this episode of the podcast nearly a year, probably not quite a year, but like everything with End Rain, this has been in process for a little while. And uh, I'm excited to finally uh, present it to you for other people to get to know what's happening with this band because it's worth the excitement and the thrill. And also, I'm just happy to talk to my friend here on Getting It Out podcast. I've had him on before a few years ago. We talked about that briefly uh, back when he was playing in Integrity. And uh, now I'm happy to have him back here. It's just happy. You know, it's maybe it's the glow of a pre-Taylor Swift show week. It's the eve of my family and I going to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania to see the Taylor Swift show. Maybe it's that. Maybe it's just not having to go to work tomorrow. Maybe it's all sorts of things. But it's definitely the way of all flesh is decay. The new album by End Rain. What's it all about? You're going to hear all about that. Not only has Dom made an appearance on Getting It Out podcast before, uh, 
more than half the band has more than half the people involved in N rain have appeared on getting it out podcast. Mike score, the vocalist was on at one point to talk about all out war. Adam Jarvis, the drummer was on at one point to talk about his black metal band scour. Uh, who else? Uh, Voivod drummer away who did some of the art for end rain was on to talk about Voivod. Uh, there's more, there's more Dwid from integrity who does guest vocals on this record was on to talk about <laughs> integrity. Uh, if I, I bet I can find more in here. I'm not going to look right now. I'm not going to look because that's enough. All right. How much more do you need? There's, there's a lot of reference points here. Hopefully we can do a relapse records episode sometime this year as one of the label spotlights and, and we'll include them on this, but we're not there yet. All right. Sebastian Phillips, he's he's in this band. He's in Exhumed. I had Matt Harvey from Exhumed. There's a lot of crossover. All right. You get it. I think I think you understand. Right. You're with me. You follow me. But most importantly, it's my friend, Dom, my friend who has been a mentor who has is responsible for literally at one point, like literally half of the records in my collection came from his hands to mine. Uh, At one point, he was even my landlord. That's true for a year uh we watched each other's kids grow up and uh we still hang with friends before kids friends after kids uh a lot of stuff has happened in our lives and uh, this is one that i'm excited for for him so i'm happy to get into that conversation and you know the rules first we're gonna play a song from the band from the record this is desolate fog it's off of the way of all flesh is decay from end rain check it out and then my conversation with dom
should just start talking about it. This is, I, I guess you did this with me a while ago, a few years ago, yeah. probably like five, five years ago. I think, I think the howling had just come out when we did it. Or it was, yeah, 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 yeah. But it's been a few years for sure. Right. Yeah. But obviously you, you and I are good friends. We talk all the time. Yeah. I talk to you just about as much as I would talk to anybody, <laughs> any other friend I have. Um, same, same. And, uh, so I've been aware of you working on this band for a long time because it's been a long time, right? Yeah. It's, it's been, uh, I think the plant was seeded in like 2020. I mean, 2020 is when it all started when I was just recording demos during, uh, COVID. I had this idea to just, write a bunch of different songs and make a mixtape just for my own amusement. Like I was even going to record it on one of those like old Max Sell cassette tapes. And the idea was just to write a bunch of different songs and have a bunch of different people be on it and amuse myself while the rest of my life was falling apart. <laughs> Trying to figure <laughs> out, how to, uh, you know, coping mechanism. But um, we, Mike and I did um, an early version of House of Thieves together. I remember he didn't know how to work any sort of home recording gear either. So he just yelled into a pair of headphones that he plugged into the mic jack. <laughs> and, but it sounded really cool. And I was like, you know, we should do more with this. This came out really awesome. And that's kind of how it started. You know, a bunch of other projects kind of happened at the same time and started and are at various degrees of completion. But the end rain one was really focused and came together like super painlessly compared to everything else that was going on at the same time. It's got kind of trickling out. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I remember you bringing it up to me at first. And of course, the idea was, like you said, with just you and Mike. And I think I think you sent me that recording you're talking about with him screaming into us. So, like, you know, I bet if I look at my emails, I have these old files in there that, you know, just sent me to check out, which was really cool. So it's been it's been very cool for me to see it, you know, the whole way through to now where the whole record's about to come out, actually, which seems I, like you said, it's 2020. But to me, it, it actually feels like it's been longer. I feel like my concept of time is completely destroyed. <laughs> I'm sure you did. just by you saying that we're on the same page as are a lot of people. Like there are some moments that just go by in a blink of an eye, like entire weeks or entire like, blocks of time. We're just like, Pfft. the idea of things like taking forever just does not happen anymore. Everything just is just like over. It's over. It's over. What's next? What's next? And yeah, I'm lost. I'm lost. I have no idea where I am. <laughs> when it is half the time. And I just kind of, I keep going. Well, yeah. When, when, when you did start doing this, when you, you and Mike started working on this, was there a, was there a sound, a certain band or anything that you wanted to like go for that with, well, with end rain? Funny enough, when we started, it was Chromax. Uh, they had just released that in the beginning record. And we were talking about how we wish it sounded more like best wishes. Still a cool record. I mean, you know, I love all things Cro-Mags, especially if Rocky George is in the mix. You can definitely count me in. But, you know, we're just like, wow, imagine if this sounded, if he came back with a Best Wishes record, what would it sound like? And that's how we came up with the idea for House of Thieves. We just wrote, you know, I wrote a song that sounded like it would super influence my Best Wishes. It was faster. So I'd make a joke that it sounds like, you know, like Harley's in a laboratory on a treadmill and they're making it go too fast. They're trying to kill him. But the treadmill breaks instead. Harley just dusts himself <laughs> off goes back to being a bad That sounds ass. like one of his Instagram posts, to be honest. Yeah, That's, he's, that. <laughs> he's like one of my favorite people on Instagram. I love, I love the constant positivity. It's like him, uh, 
my cools from they used to be in cool as life. There's like just a few people on Instagram that every time I look at their stuff, I'm always in a good mood. So it was just like they post like uplifting stuff without being like over the top smooshy about it. You know, it's just like yeah, yeah, good pick me ups. So yeah, that that was the original impetus was to do that. And uh, at the time, I was listening to a lot of Amoebics, the second record. It's called Monolith. It's like a crust record. It's got a lot of metal leanings. Not unlike Best Wishes in a lot of ways, but it's a lot more Mad Max sounding. It's like real, like, it's not really moshy. It's more just like, you know, a lot of us riding on a motorcycle with a dude looking for gas. Possibly <laughs> gay. I did not realize until years <laughs> later that they were on the motorcycles together because they're gay. I thought there just wasn't enough motorcycles to go around. I was a kid, right? I'm like, they're just like dull riding, you know, save, save on gas or whatever. But anyways, that's, that's, that's real funny. I didn't know that. I didn't know that at all. I, oh my God. If you watch that now, you're just like, Oh my God. <laughs> Same with Sleepaway Camp. When I saw Sleepaway Camp when I was a kid and there's a scene where like, uh, I forgot the main character's name, but it's like the, the girl who's in camp. That's actually a dude at the end, you know, he does a terrible face and they show his, his wiener or whatever. But like they show the scene where um, he finds out his, his dad's gay, and they're like he's in bed with some dude. When I was a kid, when I was a kid watching that, I thought they were just like watching a movie, hanging out. Like you know, me and my brother were like sitting on a bed watching a movie. <laughs> I just thought, yeah, <laughs> dad and his buddy were just watching a movie. I didn't really know what was going on. And I was like, hmm. but anyways, enough about like weird gay movie references. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, that was Monolith, and uh, I was obsessed with Bathory's Under the Sign of the Black Mark record. Specifically, the slower songs. I would just listen to it over and over, and I'm like, man, I'm just obsessed with it, you know. And Master Puppets, and uh, all those elements put together, combined with uh, Metallica Master. Did I say Master Puppets? I did. Just did. Yeah. Was uh, Dokken was the secret ingredient when I was writing songs for Integrity, and the last one was All Death Is Mine. I was obsessed with Dokken, and they do this like. Uh, if you're a guitar player, you might know the move. Obviously, I'm not talking to you to anyone that's listening, but if you figure yeah. a power chord and it's like a one three, Dawkins does this thing where it goes to one four, back to one three, into one two. It's like a kind of like an augmented fifth or a diminished fifth, because augmented is when you move it up one and diminished is when you move it back one. But it makes that really cool, like like it goes up and down. Dream Warriors has it. When Heaven Comes Down has it. There's a lot of fluff in Dawkins songs that I don't like, but I always thought that if someone like just extracted that part and applied it to like whatever song they wanted, it'd be really cool. <laughs> so that kind of became like the uh, the secret ingredient in the pace when we wrote the yeah. record. Just like that riff, those riffs are all over the record, and it's because of Dawkins. I was just listening to a lot of Dawkins at the time, totally obsessing over it. I think that's very cool. The 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 doc, well, all of it, but the Dawkins piece, because that's well. First of all, Dawkins is a band that I never got into. I mean, I know, I know, know a couple of the hits, right? But I never got into it all. But it makes me want to go back and listen to it all and do like the deep dive on Dawkins. But I imagine you're going to get a lot of questions about the Dawkins. If you try to go back and revisit, you're going to have the same thing happen to you. I did the same thing because I was really stoked after you know, the record came out. I wrote that article for No Echo about about those aforementioned records i just mentioned and uh i was like all right i'm gonna listen to talking it's been a while there's a lot of bad talking songs dude <laughs> i think <laughs> if you do the live album from the east you get all the good ones in, in one spot that's kind of like why i used i picked that one for every like you know when heaven comes down you got to deal with some, some some not not as good songs so i highly recommend the live album beast from the east it's got got everything you need on it and the, and the performance is really fierce too well, I've always, I've always found they have a great logo. So I'll give them that. They, they always, I always yeah. thought the Dokken logo was cool. 
And they were in Nightmare on Elm Street 3. I mean, that's like, you know, the, high, the highest possible honor. So, <laughs> all right. All right. Well, so so you, you, you came up with the idea for this band. You started writing the songs, but initially... It was you uh, writing them on guitar, and you were working with Joshy, right, from Ilsa. Yeah. You did stuff with on, in in integrity as well. Yeah, Joshy's always my my uh, sounding board. I always take stuff to his house, and like, you know, he'll help me piece it together because he has a, a pretty good like recording setup at his house. So I usually come over. I would call it, you know, we would call it the Cauldron of Riffs. We use it in integrity too, and we just write these like one minute parts. I would bring the riffs down, and you know, ask him to play this or that. And we would record them and then I would take them home and kind of glue them together in GarageBand the way I wanted them. And then I would write the song based off of that. So he played an instrumental part in helping me lay it out. And uh, they were actually playing tonight. It's funny. Uh, he texted me and asked if I was coming to the show. And uh, obviously I couldn't because I had this commitment with you, but also I don't like going out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm glad I could be your excuse. <laughs> yeah. But uh, he asked me if I'm coming to the show tonight. And I said, I meant to say, sorry, I can't. I have acupuncture after work and then a podcast to do. But the phone changed, sorry, I can't, to sorry, infant. So it sounded like, like totally insulting. It was like, sorry. Sorry, little baby. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't change it. I left it. So, you know, I'm sure he would appreciate that. Did, I'm sure. But um, so, yeah. yeah, yeah, Josh is the best. He's a re- really helpful friend to have. Very cool and nice guy, too, as well. He's also a great drummer. Um, yeah, great drummer. But when you started actually putting the band together, aside from you and Mike, you went outside of Joshi. And I know that you started working with Adam Jarvis, of course, who's now drumming or did drum on this, who I know has been a friend of yours for a very long time and former coworker even. So how, how, did, how did you and Adam finally link up with this? We worked at Guitar Center together in like 2000. I don't know what the exact year was, but it was like during Pulling Teeth's prime years where we toured a lot so it would have been around 2006 seven ish and uh you know misery and x was a young band at the time and mitch from runer also who also joined pulling teeth worked there and uh all of us worked at guitar center and it was yeah i think at this point i've had you all on here the whole <laughs> the all the employees from guitar center in 2007 have now been appeared on this podcast it was seriously the most lawless and amazing job i've ever had like uh one of the best things we used to do was put fake ads on the on the musician's board with mitch's phone number on it all the time and just watch people call him while he was there (laughs) (laughs) the first day i ever got hired at that guitar center um mitch was trying to show off in front of our boss this dude his name was carl kemp and uh you know mitch was like yeah you know when you're done, go, go clean the bathrooms or something. You know, it's like trying to, you know, be funny and uh, belittling at the same time, which is one of his best qualities. I love <laughs> uh, I was going to let him, you know, punk me out in front of my new boss. So I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll go, I'll go take care of the bathroom. And what I did was I got a rubber glove and I filled it with water. And in my head, I thought if I was going to hit him with this rubber glove that was full of water, it would explode like a balloon and dude would be soaked. Right. And I would laugh at him and I would get the victory. Right. My boss, my boss would know, but, uh, I went back and Mitch made another snarky remark. And as he did, I kind of like wound back with this glove full of water and took a swing at Mitch. Again, expecting the water to explode all over him. It didn't. The hand just got bigger and bigger and bigger until it was like a cartoon. It was like as big as Mitch. And it just walloped Mitch over <laughs> into a wall. <laughs> it didn't burst. It just totally knocked Mitch on his ass. My boss is just staring at me and he's like, who are you? He's like, why are you? 
right? And it was like, so that was my introduction to get to work at a guitar center. And Jarvis worked in the drum department. And it was just constant, a constant shit show, 24-7. But we always talked about, we Misery Index and Pulling Teeth played together a few times. And we always talked about doing something. So um, fast forward 20, almost 20 years to um, when we're doing End Rain. It was actually when we're still trying to uh, do integrity demos before that got sidetracked. And I texted him during COVID. I'm like, hey, would you want to get together and play some music? And he's like, absolutely. I live down the street from you. And I was like, you what? It turns out this whole time Jarvis lived like a block away from me and I had no idea. Does he really? Yeah, the house. He doesn't anymore. He moved. Okay. The so it made it really easy for us to uh, get together like, you know, every week. And we just started hammering out like from the rough demos that I took with Joshi and cobbled together in GarageBand. I gave those to Jarvis and we learned all the songs one by one. And that's how uh, we brought Jar- Jarvis aboard. It was originally supposed to be a uh, stuff we were working on for integrity, but it kind of took on a life of its own because integrity got uh, busy with the reissue stuff they did on relapse. Mm-hmm. So it took a good, yeah. good. I think, you know, we thought it was going to take like a year and it took a good, like everything moves so slowly. Well, I was just talking about earlier how everything feels like it goes by really fast, but it takes an actual long time. To <laughs> Finally, almost at the end of that tunnel, we're able to talk about stuff again, but yeah, that's, that's, that's how Jarvis came into the fold. Old friend. that uh, Surfaced. I think it's great, especially, you know, uh, he's well known as, you know, one of the best drummers in extreme music. Right. And to have him as an old friend of yours and apparently a neighbor too, quite convenient for a pandemic band. He's an animal, but he's also like, you know, easy guy to get along with. He's really funny. Well, from there, you, so you, you had, you had Mike, you had yourself, of course, Jarvis, where does art come in? Art literally came in. All right, so we had the time booked. We were going to go to New Jersey to record with Len at, at Landmine, Len Carmichael. And we were a couple weeks out. And I was going to play the bass parts. I did on Howling. I did on most of the Integrity records. And uh, I thought I would just do that, save the grief. But then I'm just like, you know what? I got two of the people. I, t- I swung twice and hit it both times with who I wanted to play on it. If I could have anyone play bass on it, who would it be? And it was either Harley. <laughs> <laughs> For art. And I'm like, there's no way Harley would do it. But really, I was like, I wanted art to do it really bad. I've always loved Bloodlet and I've always loved art. We share the same birthday. We're both born on January 9th, 77. I think I'm like an hour older than he is. So we have a, a very special bond. And uh, it was right when he left Bloodlet. And, um, you know, Bloodlet, we were trying to get things together. Art was kind of really, he had some things that were really keep like, uh, he took COVID super seriously. Not that anyone didn't or not that, you know, belittle, but like, uh, he was very strict about not leaving his house. He was very like, mm-hmm. you know, so while Bloodlet was trying to do stuff, he was nowhere to be found. He was, you know, totally missing in action. And they ended up replacing him, which is fine. You know, like that, that's how it goes. And like, he's cool that. So of course I'm like, you know, to really get those guys go <laughs> here. <laughs> beyond this record <laughs> he's just like ooh tell me more and uh, so I was like I mean that was like you know uh, uh, my way of making an intro and trying to like you know start the conversation of course that wasn't the reason why he did it but you know got a good laugh <laughs> and uh, you know I was like you know what I'm doing this record at the time it wasn't going to be on relapse I was going to put it out myself but I'm like it's just something to do I think it'd be cool that if it's just everybody that wants to be on it is on it would you want to do it and uh, he thought about it and he's like, you know what? I need to get out of here. I've been like holed up forever because of COVID. Yes, I would love to do it. 
So he learned everything in like a week. And just I bought him a plane ticket and he came to my house. And him, Jarvis, and I went to Landmine. We went over to Ewing, Jersey, and the three of us stayed on this weird farm because we got it found it on Airbnb. It was really cheap in the middle of nowhere near like Ewing Trenton, because I guess no one wants to stay out there. And yeah, we took this espresso machine and we just like drank an insane amount of espresso <laughs> and just we knocked it out. We knocked out all the drums, the rhythm guitars, and the bass. And then spent the rest of the time um, with me driving back and forth to do solos. And uh, Mike would go back and forth to do vocals. Not, all five of us have never been in the room at the same time. It was either me and the other two guys or me and Mike. So mm -hmm. it, was, it was cool. Well, that, you mentioned the fact that you went to work with Len Carmichael at Landmine Studios in Ewing, New Jersey. None of you guys are from New Jersey. If I have it right, Mike's in New York. You and Adam are in Maryland. Art is uh, somewhere south. He's in Florida. Florida. Yeah. All right. And uh, and then you go into New Jersey. How did the, and I, I don't know. Did you record? Have you recorded anything with with uh, Len before that led you to? No, never. I've been, I've been aware of his major bombastic style <laughs> of recording, but uh, yeah. Part of the, the rules, like I had some like you know rules I set my, for myself for doing this record. And one was to do it with all people that I've never made a record with before. And then number two was to do it somewhere where I never recorded before. Mm -hmm. Len has always helped me out with little things. Like if, uh, if I recorded something at home for integrity, I'd always send it to him and he would reamp it for me because I was obviously, you know, limited in where I can go and when I can go. And he would send me back the complete amped file. and I would just send it to it and he would pop it in the song. So, you know, we were friendly. We were friends, but like we never worked together. And I'm glad we did. It was like the, the coolest recording experience I think I've ever had. Really, really. He's a very attentive to detail and super patient, especially in wrangling five idiots that live all over the country that are, can never be in the same room at the same time. But yeah, he was a total pro. You know, he, I was really, really happy he got to do this record. He did an amazing job on it. Yeah, that's cool to hear, especially because he, he has a good reputation in the area. Um, as, as just a genuinely cool dude, a uh, nice guy. Uh, I've been around him as well, actually at your house. I've been, I've been there with him and he, he's got the demeanor for it and seems to uh, be a good fit for, I don't know, how do I say it? The, uh, the speed of this project, maybe the, yeah, the right, you, you know what I mean? He's like us. He works full time and, you know, right. Work, work between the cracks to get it done. So it was perfect. None of us were, you know, rush. Nobody was rushing anybody. Everybody was like, when you're ready, cool. We'll we'll, we'll do what we got to do next. You know. Yeah, yeah. Well, so so you did all you did all that, and then eventually, a little bit later, Sebastian Phillips ends up in the band. Right. He was supposed to. How does this happen? On the song "Chasing Divinity," um, which might come out when this comes out, it's going to be out on the 14th. It's the second single. Um, I had an idea for a solo, but I can't play it because I'm not that good. As much as uh. There's certain things I can do well that sound like me, but there's certain things that I wish I could play and I can't. Mm -hmm. And Sebastian is a virtuoso. He can play any instrument better than most people. Right. And I was like, Hey, there's a solo I want to do in this song. It would kind of go like, like and I kind of like, you know, just that or the phone. Can you do it for me? And what he sent me was like beyond, like it was exactly what I would hope <laughs> It was like, you know, I minimal guidance. I just kind of like gave him like the, the window where it's going to be and kind of like the, the pacing of how, you know, make it peppy because it's kind of a peppy song. 
And it was so perfect that I like laughed. I still laugh whenever I hear it. It was just like so good. <laughs> it was like too good, right? I sent it to the other guys. They were like, oh my God. Like they were all like losing their shit. And I, I asked him if he would be in the band. I'm like, you know what? It's not going to be something that's really going to demand on your schedule. You can record all your souls at home. And, you know, if we play, we play. If not, that's okay too, you know? And he was like all about it. So I ended up scrapping half of my solos on the record and giving them to him. So most of the songs have a solo from me and a solo from him, and they're split on the left and the right, so you can tell who's who. It's really, really cool because you have totally different styles. Mm-hmm. And then there's a couple that I take the whole song, and there's a couple where he takes the whole song. And like it's the first time I've ever been really comfortable sharing guitar solos or guitar stuff with another person in the space of songs that I write. You know, I always feel like it's like those weird dudes that like like to see other people do it with their wives or whatever. I'm just like, I'm not into like having people mess around with my songs, right? I like, be, be, it's, it's not me, but uh, with him, it, tell, it totally felt amazing. You know what I mean? He totally knew what he was doing and it was fantastic. So yeah, that's how, that's how that came about. It was a piece of cake. Piece of well, that was, he, he was a cool addition to me to see you add him to the band because of course, man, I was, I was thinking, I think about this often because right in a room over my shoulder, uh, the laundry room actually is a, a framed sidebar poster. Well, it's a, it was a screen printed poster, but I think it's a show you and I went to together. It's an Ilsa necropsy wind hand. Yeah. I think that was show at the sidebar. Yep. I saw them at that show and fell in love. They were incredible. Yeah. 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 And what I'm getting to though, is I remember then I remember really specifically remember us being at the park by your house on Newkirk Street, Execution Park. Yeah, Execution Park. <laughs> and uh and them, Necropsy coming over to discuss their new name, to try to brainstorm a new name, which of of course eventually became Noisem. And at the time, those guys are like, I don't know, how fucking old were they then? Carly was like 14 and the rest of them were like 17 going on. Yeah, like still in high school, maybe yeah, like finishing high school. Yeah. So it's, so it's really cool to see, you know, kind of come full circle back to them back when you were just helping them get together, you know, put to put out their first record and actually figure out the name of their song or their band. And now he's uh, doing these tracks with you. Yeah, I mean, see how far he's come with exhumed and how he can noise him and Travis from that was originally noise him as well, doing stuff. That's like, He's touring with Cavalera. He's yeah, it's a, it's, I thought that was right. Travis Stone. That's the name I saw come up recently. I was like, what the fuck? That's that's the same guy, right? And yeah. He's a big destroyer too, as is Superior Alex from A389. So it's just mm-hmm. like, makes me really happy to see all these really talented people that have been like good friends and like just, just really solid people, you know, get, find success. That makes me really happy in a world of like a lot of nonsense and like, you know, weird band dudes. It's like, it's cool to see some solid people. Get it, get it going on, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's I. I really like how you you seem to set out this thing. You know, like you said, your rules from the beginning that you want to work with all new people, basically. But you've you've obviously worked with all new people that you've known. Yeah, it's friends that, just that I haven't made music with. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think that's a I think that's a really cool cool way you've put this together. You wrote a couple things recently. Uh, on social media posts about like the way this record came together and how, you, you know, you reached out to all these different people. And I, I just, I think the, I, I'm going to, I'm repeating myself again, but I just think the way you've gone about this is, is a really cool way. Cause you put out a shitload of records. You could have done the same thing you've always done. Uh, but what do you think 
why do you, why did you decide to make rules? Like, why not just, I don't know why, why mix it up this time? The reason that you just said is it nails it on the head. I just don't want to make another version of the same record. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, I wanted it to sound different. I like that, mm-hmm. you know, every band has its own body of work. Like the pulling teeth records sounds similar. They sound different, but similar because it's the same people on, on them for the most part. And the, the, the body of work I did with integrity, the album and a few EPs, you know, they're all cohesive. It's the same drummer for the most part. And uh, I think Land was on a couple songs, but it was mostly Joshy. And with this, it's the same thing. I just wanted to have its own energy. You know, I didn't want it to sound like, I wanted it to be like one person from each band, bringing that to the table versus like, you know, an uneven dynamic where it sounds like the yeah. rhythms person is really everybody individually sounds like themselves in the songs. And I think that's like one of the coolest qualities about it that, you know, maybe people will notice, but probably not. <laughs> well, was everybody able to contribute as far as writing goes or were these kind of what you brought? No, it's kind of what happened was I, I wrote the whole thing and then sent it to everybody, but everyone put their own flavor on it. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. like, that's what I have. If you, want, you know, change it to something you think feels better. Be my guest. You know what I mean? And everyone had good ideas. But as far as the skeletons go, you know, I pretty much gave everybody a skeleton. It was like, I've had it, you know, and Mike came through with the vocals and the lyrics. He did that all himself, which was super stressful for me being a controlling freak. I didn't, you know, I had no idea what it was going to sound like, what was going to happen. And it was like, like I said, we took our time. So there would be like months where there was no update and I wouldn't know what was going on with these songs. And I was really dying for it to be done. But when it was all said and done, it was complete, complete. It was awesome. It was exactly what I hoped it would be beyond even, you know, I, I was listening to the desolate fog trap track. You just dropped. What is that? So desolate fog, is that what it's called? That's the first one. Yeah. 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 And, uh, I think I noticed what some other people may have noticed and that maybe there's a little black metal influences in them. Sorry. That's yeah. black, black metal. Mix that up. Um, Black, black metal. Yeah. You know, so <laughs> switch them around sometimes. Is, th- is that something you knew you wanted to work in here? Cause I don't, that's not something I feel like I've heard you do before. I mess around with it sometimes. Like uh, there was a song on howling that on integrity's record that had uh, some black metal influences, which coincidentally was the first song on that one. Uh, Blood sermon. That's what it's called. Um, gotcha. But uh, with this, I was listening to a lot of that first mayhem record. The, uh, not Death Brush, the first album. Das Mysterious Satanic. Yeah, I can't say it. I've never I just make words up. I always say it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know, I really love that record. It's like I don't like a lot of black metal. I like that that record and Burzum Velocum were like the only two black metal records that aesthetically scratch the itch for me for everything that I want. Right. Obviously, I'm not I don't support politics or it's a tough genre to like, even just musically, like, so, and you know me, I love everything. Right. But yeah, you have the most forgiving taste. Yeah. But there is a, a black metal. I mean, it's, it's tough for me. I actually, I did an interview with a band, black metal band in uh UK last week. And I was talking about with him. There's, there's a few like genre staples where I'm like, fuck yeah. That's, I like, I like some of those old dark throne records, even some of the new dark throne, but like, you know, there's very few uh black metal records that really, stick out for me but so i so i understand what you're saying yeah those two and that immortal uh the heart of winter are the three that i listen to mm-hmm. just you know because those i think capture the musically capture the aesthetic perfectly that i like about it anyway everyone has different things they like but that was the recipe that worked for me 
And yeah, that had a lot of a lot of influence on that first song, especially like uh, the part behind the first solo that Sebastian plays was very uh, mayhem influenced. But it doesn't really creep out. There's a few Bathory steals later on in the record, but I mean, that's really the only point in the record where one might call it like a black metal influenced. Yeah, no, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty brief, but, uh, but my, uh, if I, my shitty ear can, could even catch it. So it was, it was certainly there. Um, the, uh, did, and did I read correctly when you made a post the other week that you had your brother do the intro for that song? Yeah. Yeah. That's my brother Willis on the intro. Um, should have been a, a radio announcer. I think that's like a lifelong dream. He has the best voice. He has the best timber. And, you know, it really meant a lot to me to be able to get him on something and like you know, share his voice with the world. Just as this awesome, deep, booming, powerful voice. It's very white. Uh, <laughs> I was reading uh, Andrew at a version online's breakdown today of the track by track breakdown of, of the songs on the way of all flesh. And I saw him mention that in there. And he questioned whether that was Italian or Latin. What is it? It's Italian. Of course it is. I should have, I, I, you know, I thought I should have Lisa tell me what this guy's saying here. My, uh, my wife is a Latin teacher. So I toyed with the idea of doing it in Latin to make it more, more evil and authentic. But, uh, you know, we went with the mother tongue. Why not? <laughs> the, uh, the, the record, The Way of All Flesh is Decay comes out. I don't think we mentioned yet. July 14th on Relapse Records. Relapse Records, a label that you worked with in the past. How did you end up doing this again? Because you did mention you were going to just do an A389 release. And I think that's where I thought it was going to. But I'm not surprised to see it's coming out on Relapse. You know, I was lucky because Integrity I did a bunch of records for Relapse. And, you know, I'm friendly with those guys. So when this came about, and it was done. I think we had done the Decibel Flexi. And I showed it to those guys. And I'm like, would you want to do the album? It's just like... My life changed so much during the pandemic as far as availability goes. Like. uh I ended up getting divorced and then remarried years later. But uh, just my, uh, I had to do a lot more stuff that I normally wasn't, you know, taken care of. And uh, to break a new band is just a lot of work. It's huge, you know, it's a tremendous, monumental effort. And I just didn't have the muscle to do it, you know. I would have done it, but thankfully they liked the record and they were just like, you know, we'll do it. I'm glad to do it, you know. And I, I was really grateful for the opportunity because. You know, they're friends and they're a great label and they're super easy to work with. So we know each other's game at this point. It's pretty painless. Right. Uh, you know, no, no one real expectations. It's just kind of like deliver the record and everyone does their best to make it happen. Yeah, I guess that brings me to one of my questions about. Um... Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. 
and rain. What is your expectation from here? Because as far as I know, it's, you know, it's just been like this build up to get this record out. Does anything come from it though? Or is there, are you ever going to play live or, you know, like I, I knowing what I know about you, I don't expect you to be doing tours, but you know, you know, you tell me. A record that like for the first time actually causes great sadness when, when it comes up <laughs> for me. Cause it's like, I can't do all the things that I would like to do that I've done with every other record I've ever made. You know, my life is just totally different now. And, uh, on top of that, you have to add that Jarvis is in like, you know, <laughs> yeah. bands and a bunch of also very busy bands that he plays with. And Sebastian is an exhumed who tour like all the time. Mike's a history teacher and he's got kids and I got kids and, a career in engineering. And on top of that, no one ever knows where art is or what he's doing, but it's a hard guy to find. So my hope is that the stars can align and uh, we can just play sometimes, you know, I, we, I hung up with Jarvis the other day. We were filming some drum playthroughs for relapse and it was the first time I've heard anyone play those songs in person since we recorded them. And it was just, I was totally got like, I'm just trying to not get myself too excited because I don't want to get disappointed and get bummed out over it. But you know, I'm yeah. hoping I'm hoping something can happen. Just like just little things. We're not ever going to tour. It's never going to be that kind of thing. But there's a way to play a couple shows a year, and my rule for that is it has to be all five guys. If it's not all five guys, I won't do it. So it's got to be a time where everybody's available and everybody wants to do it. So. I can think of two guitarists that would gladly step in if needed. <laughs> Perhaps you know who I might have in mind. <laughs> they just consider it to be a job. So I'm sure <laughs> they're yeah, available. You might have moved back. Who knows? You know, it's gonna be, gonna be <laughs> moved uh, back, you said? Moved back. Um, nice. That's unintentional. <laughs> yeah. Uh, man, that's both of them. Both of them in one and two words. Uh, uh, no words at all. Yeah. <laughs> Well, one of the, the like, so one of the other, the big things I appreciate about this, and I think I keep saying this like in several different ways, is that to me, you're a guy who's like totally paid your dudes in the paid your dude, paid your dudes, pay your dudes. <laughs> you also paid your dudes, but you pay your dues in the uh, in the extreme music industry. I'm being a big umbrella with that one. Uh, and it feels like this is just like the record and putting this band together is like kind of a culmination of all that with all the people that you brought in to work with you on this. Like it, it obviously takes a lot of good social grace to get all these people to be willing to work with you on something like this. But one of the cool things that I think you did is you reached out to Voivod, Voivod's away to get some artwork done. I know you're a big fan of the band and his art. So tell me about that was having that so exciting i was like you know i had relapses firepower at my disposal and i'm like wow you know everything else i've tried to do as far as who's going to be on the record with the people that are in the band and the guests and i'm like you know what i will go go for the slam dunk you know and i'm like can we get a way to do the artwork do you think and rennie from relapse ended up reaching out this is as easy as that he was like the easiest nicest guy to get along with i think he mentioned you because we talked you even had just done your podcast yeah Thought you were in the band Exciter? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, Stan from Exciter. And I was just like, you know, mm. but uh, uh, heavy metal maniac, man. He's awesome. I've, I've loved that band since I was like a teenager. So it was huge. But you know, what was funny was 
we had the artwork and I sat on it for a while and I was like, okay, this is it. You know, I'm like, we're moving forward. I was like, kind of like, how to be taskmaster to these guys was no easy feat. Everyone was very willing and cooperative, but everyone's really busy and I'm busy. So like just chasing Mike down for lyrics and like just trying to make sure everything's spell checked and I didn't mess anything up. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, I think to be fair to everybody, this isn't a priority for anyone. No. Right. That's the thing. It's not a priority for anyone. So on top of that, that gave me a period where all of a sudden out of nowhere, Michelle Addison posted the, the artwork that ended up being the actual album cover on her art page. And I love Michelle's art. She used to do stuff for Starkweather. She used to be the, the bass player in Starkweather mm-hmm. in the nineties. And you know, my whole idea of this record, the whole concept because being born in COVID and at a time when you would go outside and there was nobody outside ever. And like, it looked like the whole world died and you were like the last person here, you know? And looking at that artwork totally just gave me that feeling of like the whole world died and it's like just rebirth. You know, there's a lot of greens symbolizing life, revitalization, and the humans are see-through, you know, they're like past souls. I mean, that's, that's my take. Apparently that's not at all what she <laughs> created it, but that's like what I took away from it, which is the best thing about like good art. Everybody takes away something different from it. But when I saw that, I was like, that has to be the cover. And we were able to thankfully work out something really cool where hers is the cover and then a ways artwork is the inside poster. It's a big fold out poster. And his artwork is also like the pre-order cover. It comes in like a silver Mylar bag, which is really cool. So being able to work both of them was amazing. Huge. And it's cool. I, I do like the, the art. I just had to pull while you were talking about. It, I had to pull it up on the other screen here to get another look at it. And because I've seen the other one, the, the away stuff on the sticker that you had out for a while. But I, I don't think I ever took a good long look at this one yet. And it is very cool, actually. Um, it captures the vibe, you know what I mean? It's just yeah. like life after the end of the world. It appears that's his his font though at the bottom, isn't it? That is his lettering, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He also did the song titles. He was super helpful. He was he's the best. Very cool guy. And like the 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 potentially the calmest person I've ever interviewed. <laughs> I've oh, ever right? interviewed. He's such a good drummer, too. It's just like <laughs> he hits he hits all marks. He gets an A plus. I'm glad you were able to work that. You also worked in a couple of uh of significant for you um as far as who you work with in the past guest appearances on the record with dwid and dylan who of course integrity and full of hell bands that you've had strong relationships with for several different capacities um is that stuff that i mean obviously that's stuff that they just they had they weren't where they weren't coming to len and recording right no um what happened was uh Dylan's part came about from none of us being able to do good low death metal vocals. Mm. There was like a, we, we art does a lot of the, any of the, the low, like Glenn Benton DSI kind of vocals you're on the record or art is surprisingly has a really fucking powerful voice for such a guy. Like, you know, he's kind of never really quiet, <laughs> but it wasn't that guttural, like that straight up, like, you know, real hard low. And none of us, you know, I had to burn the tape after I tried, you know, I didn't want to <laughs> get it out of here. Right. And I just asked Dylan if he would do it. I texted him, you know, he's just voice insane. They're just such an insane band. I've worked with the drummer, Dave, with uh, he played on some integrity stuff. So, and I've put out their records for years uh, now, well over a decade ago, but you know, we have a long history together and we're friends. So it was easy to just call him up and say, Hey, can you help me with this? And he just did, you know I mean? He just recorded it and sent it over. It was pretty painless. And Dwid's a total pro. You know, I mean, Dwid's always in the mix with everything I do. He's my best friend. Like, 
we've done so much we've done so much cool stuff over the years even when we're not together we're kind of together working on stuff you know a lot of the songs were you know originally originally skeleton to be demos for integrity that just never happened so it was like i think that was the one that suited him best and would be really cool to have him be on it you know yeah what else you, i don't i mean i guess desolate fog is the only official song that you released for but the two of them were out on the single right yeah the hunger and divine abysmal end were on the demo team that we did and then uh house of thieves was a flexi mm-hmm. correct are these all the are they the same versions for those three songs as no, the there's like record? slight differences um the uh the, the demos the demo version of those two songs don't have Sebastian, so the solos are different. And the, it's actually that's the same thing with all three of them. They all have Sebastian in the song, so half of my half the demo versions are all me playing the solos, and then the, the album versions of Sebastian cutting in and doing half of them. But uh, uh, the subject of the guest vocalist, the, the coolest part, I'm not sure if you uh, followed through, was having Ed Caspell from Legendary Pink Dots be on it. Yeah, I was I was getting there because I don't know anything about Legendary Pink Dots, and that's what I was going to ask you. What is the Legendary Pink Dots? Tell me about them. They are a psychedelic tour de force most prolific band in the universe weirdest band they're just like you know i was in high school and i remember a friend of mine's older brother was really into them it's uh the singer day morning Fawad's younger brother atif bukhari and i were in the same grade in high school we were friends and they had this other brother named tura bukhari who was obsessed with legendary big dots and and he was also uh they had a band called tear garden which had edka spell with guys from the band skinny puppy Mm-hmm. and it was just weird but the guy had like the most like simultaneously calm yet unnerving voice i've ever heard it's like just like very mad hatter alice in wonderland <laughs> it sounds like a yeah. i love it and i've always wanted to do something with him i was like that was like a dream a lifelong dream to be like it would be really cool to have this dude pop in a song somewhere in my recorded career to be like Hey, I did a song with him once. <laughs> Check it out, you know? And yeah. uh it was really that easy. I wrote him and I, that's exactly what I told him. Like it's been like my you know, my lifelong dream to just be like, have you appear in a song? Um, would you want to do it? And he was the easiest, easiest, you know what I mean? He's it took him like a week and he sent that whole monologue and a bunch of sound effects. And it was, it's like I mean, just if you look them up and you look at the just the sheer volume of stuff. I was I was doing that right now while you were talking, and I was just looking at my phone off the side of the screen. And I was like counting while you were saying that. And I got to at least 40 albums on Spotify. Like a, a, an <laughs> just to get through their catalog to, to, to yeah. have it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was a dream come true. You know, I hope I hope I get to hang out with them at some point. It was, it was really, really cool to work with. It was a big honor. Where are they based out of? Is it a London? Uh, Netherlands? I think they're they're based out of Holland, like uh, Amsterdam, Amsterdam in England. Anglo-Dutch experimental yeah. rock band. There we go. Yeah, that makes sense. Cool. No, that's, that's cool. Hey, the, the, one of the things that I've always, uh, appreciated about you, of course, just as a person, but definitely your drive to do these things and the way that you just like you refuse. And it seems like you're incapable of it. And I mean, that as a compliment to just like sit on your hands with an idea. Like if you have an idea, you just do it. And it that's seems cool. like totally logical and normal to you where to everybody, even myself, even, and I think I follow through with a lot of the things I think about, but not even like a quarter of them. And I think for other people, it's even less than that. So why why do you think you are this way that you're just willing to do whatever the fuck you want to do? And I mean that like totally positive. Honestly, I think it's just, and 
finally I got diagnosed with ADHD <laughs> for years. Was, you know, it's that combination of like that only being able to be good at certain tasks and be, a, you know, a real powerful force when it comes to that little threshold, like of, 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 uh, of things like, for, and and the tunnel having the tunnel vision and not think of anything else until I'm finished is kind of like, you know, kind of what it's like a tractor beam, you know, pulls you in. Mm-hmm. And I had just done the coldest life drop that happened. Uh, the last one they did, I had like, you know, an insane amount of merch in my house. And for four days, no one could talk to me because I was obsessed with getting it out of here. <laughs> I didn't want it around and I wanted to, I have mental clutter. And unless I like, you know, clear it off my plate, I'll obsess over it and it'll like destroy me. So, when I have an idea, I think that's what drives me to see it through is I need to get it out of the way. Otherwise, it's going to sit in the back of my brain and take up space in my head and new ideas aren't going to come in or I'm not going to be able to deal with my regular responsibilities. So, you know, it's more of like a, it's kind of like having a messy desk. Everything's got to be cleaned off the desk. If I got an idea, I got to get it done and get it out of here. Otherwise, it's going to hinder well, in, in many ways, your curse has been my blessing because you've provided me with all sorts of cool shit in the year, you know, just whether it's just like artistically yeah. or everything. Like it's just, it's, I think that's a, it's a very interesting way to look at it and to, it's an interesting insight on how. I'm very fond of you. I'm happy to pass things along anytime. Well, this record comes out again. We'll say it again. July 14th, Relapse Records. You've released a lot of records. Your discography, like personal discography, is like obnoxiously low. You got like legendary pink dots. Yeah. I'm serious. How many fucking records have you put out now? I'm not this rhetorical, but the uh so the release of a new record might not be so exciting to a lot of people who've done it three million times, like yourself. So what is the most exciting thing about the release of the way of all flesh is decay for you? I think that it came out exactly the way I wanted it to which has been really fun. Like uh, doing the integrity record was a lot of fun, but you know, integrity is Dwid's band. So ultimately it's his brand. He has full final say on everything, which is totally cool as it should be. um, This was me getting to get back into the driver's seat and like do things a little more differently the way I would, I would like to do it as a result. And just happy that it came out exactly the way I wanted to. You know, I mean, it, had the, it has the artwork I wanted on it. It has everyone that I wanted to be on it is on it. It sounds really good. Like the production's great and it's a win. But at the same time, it's like, I kind of struggle with what you're talking about, where it's like when you're, you're doing the same thing, it's kind of like why I kind of got over touring and have no interest in touring anymore. I remember Integ was in Australia and, uh, you know, she's halfway across the world. But I was sitting in a room that was like the Australian sidebar, right? Yeah. <laughs> like I traveled for like two days to like kind of sit in a similar, it was almost like a weird backwards version of the sidebar. Same room, waiting to play and like, you know, killing 12 hours or doing whatever. And but at least when you were there, you got to meet the great New Zealand New Zealander Rex Jackson. Rex Jackson, total class act. A1 <laughs> top notch. But you know, yeah, just kind of the, the repetition of life kind of sunk in at that point where I'm like, I'm not going to be that dude that's like, I, I, I'm a lifer in a lot of ways, but I'm not like going to run myself into the ground repeating the same. Life is too short. You know what I mean? I'm doing things now that like might sound lame or just like regular run of the mill, ordinary guy stuff, but that's the stuff that makes me happy. You know what I mean? I'd rather go to like a school concert for one of my kids or like 
Yeah. To work on my garden. I know I sound like a geezer, totally dating myself, but you know. No, but this is, I mean, this is, this is a real insight to our normal conversations where we talk about like daily, like I'd rather yeah. be power washing, you know. I'd rather <laughs> like, you know, like just do like a, a, a renovation project in my house and knock a wall down or do something. It's just like, or I went to school and I learned CAD and I finished my first semester and it was great. You know what I mean? It was just like just doing new things because, you know, I'm 47 going on, you know, 50 is right around the corner, I'm closer to 50 than I am 30. I'm never going to be 30 again. I'm never going to feel that. I'm never going to be that irresponsible and careless. I just got, you know, I'm embracing where I'm at in life. And the fact that I still have a little bit of time to do this and have it turn out the way I want to is a big deal and it's huge. So I'm grateful that anyone that even cares enough to listen or read about it or whatever, you know. How has the feedback been so far on what's out there? So far, anyone that, you know, has heard it, has been into it, has been great. But it's also, uh, you know what I mean? It's like dropping a nickel in the ocean and then asking somebody <laughs> to find it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. thankfully, the way I've always looked at it and the way I get into music, never, I'm never a what's the hot new thing person. Like, you know what I mean? I discovered Bathory under the sign of a black mark years, decades after it came out, you know, and right. had every bit of a, a good time listening to it than I would have when it came out. It's like, to me, good music's timeless. And I like going back and finding stuff at my own pace. And like, right now I'm on a 60s impulse record kick where I just listen to a bunch of like hard bop jazz records and like from the 60s, but they're totally fresh and new to me. I've never listened to them before. So it's like just falling into different rabbit holes of music and discovering things on your own terms and your own timeline. To me, that's like, you know, that's the long game. So I think it's a record that people like any of our other bands are going to discover for years to come, you know? Might not all be today, but but as, as to answer your original question, everyone has heard it, thought it was awesome. So I'm, I'm glad I appreciate it. That's good. That's encouraging. I agree. You were kind enough to send me a test press of it and I've listened to it I'd, uh, a few times, but of course that's a record and you know how it is here. I'm not trying to blare it out the, uh, the, the family to listen to, <laughs> <laughs> listen to that. So I got to do it in my, in my private moments, but I've, 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 I've really enjoyed it. I've, you've provided me a very cool insight with a lot of things, honestly, a lot of things specifically with, with music, but also just general stuff in life. You, you were my insight to fatherhood at a, at a period, honestly, you know what I mean? So like, think about it. I, I was thinking about 10 years ago, 10 years ago would have been, I would have been three weeks away from Mazzy being born. And we were certainly hanging out then and you had two young ones and, you know, and then obviously, you know, been friends ever since. So like among the many things that you've shown me, uh, or give me a cool insight to, I always reference watching what you do did with a three, a nine, especially around that time as like a really cool look at, you know, how a DIY record label works or, or this, how, how a band comes together over several years. So I've really enjoyed the finished product of this, like watching it roll out now. It's like, you know, it's seeing how the sausage is made kind of thing. Thank you. I mean, you've been a part of the process. You've been someone I've kept close. So it's like, you know, I'm happy to like be able to share that, that those, those happy moments with you and friends like you that are like, it's not a big circle. You know what I mean? So I have that small inner circle of people that I talk to that I'm like comfortable showing stuff to and be like, what do you think without being like, you know, I don't ever want to be that friend. that's like, check out my band, bro. And it's like, <laughs> know a bunch of bullshit is i just if i'm gonna go through the trouble to make something then i want it to be worthwhile and then i feel i'm I'm okay with showing people that everyone doesn't need to hear every single idea 
have, you know, it's kind of, so I appreciate it. I appreciate you always being a good friend and like listening to stuff and offering your insight. Awesome. Well, speaking of other things, is there any other things you wanted to touch on, whether it's the other bands or A389 Cold as Life stuff? There's a lot going on. In A389 worlds, we, Dying Breed, um, Take My Soul, Give Me Graves, classic upstate New York, Troy record. Most people think of Stigmata when they think of that region, which Stigmata rules, don't get me wrong, but Dying Breed to me is the crown jewel. And I've been working on their collection of their entire recorded discography for years because the plants were in COVID mode where a record would take like, you know, like good two, three years to come out and you would have to pay up front. So you'd have to like cough out a good 10, 15 grand and then forget about it for a long time, which is really hard to do. <laughs> so I'm really excited to uh, announce that the Dying Breed record will be out this summer. It's finally here. It's actually on the way to my house. Hopefully it'll be here in the next couple of weeks. And the turnaround is picked up and back to normal now. So after the Dying Breed gets uh, my full summer attention, the fall is going to be Cold as Life, Declination of Independence, which um, everyone's going to be really happy to hear that we remastered and remixed from the complete original reels. So we got all the original tracks and we're able to, we got Taylor Young to go in and totally just strip it all down and build it back up. And it sounds like the way it was supposed to. I saw that little Instagram post you had the other day and I, I assumed there had to be something like that, right? I thought Taylor and Mike Pools were in the band. I'm like, no, it's just Mike gave me the reels and Taylor mixed it. That's, you know, overzealous foreshadowing, I suppose, but it sounds really good. Like I've always loved that record. I always thought the songwriting was great, but the drum sounded like a trash can. They kind of like St. Anger going on. Like the performance was incredible. The drum sound was just really bad. And uh, Roy, the drummer, agreed. You know, he's just like, ah, it's the one thing I could ever wish I could do. The first time I ever talked to Roy, he told me the first wish he could do was go back and fix those drums. You know what I mean? And I'm just like, lo and behold, here we are. And we did it. And it sounds amazing. So that's kind of what's it on A39's platter. After that, I might disappear into the woodwork again because there's nothing really for me to do. You know, those are records I wanted to do. I wanted Cold as Life's catalog to get a second life. And it did. I kind of served my purpose with that and the dying breed stuff too. So that's great. Um, on the band end, the end rain records done. Um, we're writing some songs for the integrity record, but I can't commit the way I did to howling. So I've just been, you know, contributing what I can. Hopefully a few songs make the record. What I think what we've been working on has been pretty, pretty cool. So I'm excited for that. I did a punk band called permanent mistakes. That has a seven inch coming out on a speedo wax label in the UK. That is home to Jesus Jones. Jesus oh, Jones. I don't remember know, that no, <laughs> right here, right now. You don't remember that song? Uh, I, no, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not going to sing it and embarrass myself. It was, it was a 90s staple. It was a weird, uh, weird bed to land. And that's going to happen. And what I'm hoping to wrap up and I don't want to never say never because it feels like it's going to be the last thing I really sink my efforts into for a while because a record is exhausting to make at this part of my life. You know I mean? My kids are almost teenagers now. Actually, my teenager, and they just need so much for me that I don't really have the time I used to. And also, we can't agree on a name for the band. <laughs> so it's a band <laughs> called, I call it Cost, C-O-S-T-E. That was like what I came up with for it. It's like a this character in one of my favorite books, just like this dude that's secretly the devil, but he sells real estate. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. I just thought it was cool. Right. And, uh, it's my band. That sounds like pentagram 1983, Ozzy and Dawkins. 
and it has a uh, Scott from Bloodlet on vocals. Mm. Got an amazing voice. Also Junior Bruce. And we have the whole record demoed. Ten songs. I think probably might be my favorite thing I've ever done, song wise. But you know, to gather up the energy to uh, finish that is a, a task I got to really like. You know, build myself up to because much like I was talking about before about having like the messy desk syndrome. Having end rain or any record take that long to destroys me mentally because I can't get it off my plate. I'm constantly obsessing about it until it's done. So I want to do that. And then there's Love Letter, a grunge band that I did with Chris Kuhn from Pulling Teeth that we recorded. Everything is done except the vocals. So this stuff will come out. Some people will yeah. notice. Most probably won't. And that's okay. I just do them because I want to own them. You know what I mean? I just want to have yeah. them. Hey, I finished it. That's well, that's cool. like I was talking about. You just... you. You just go ahead and do these things that you want to do where the rest of us just have these ideas and don't act on them. And I think that's, that's what I think is really cool. And you know, it's also funny is I was out, like I told you before we started recording, I was out running earlier and I was listening to some end rain and I was thinking Dom should just do like a straight up, like eighties metal band, like he's meant to do. And I, and now you mention it, I forgot you already told me that you were doing that. So I'm. <laughs> I'll have to send you uh, some of the some of the. I mean, the demos are really good quality. Like they're, they're it's really, it's, it's amazing. It's another thing, just kind of like Enrain, where just like the pieces all fit, and it was like absolutely perfect. It was like it sounds amazing. And uh, also, my daughter and I made a kids book. Yes, we've got a copy here. Yeah, it's called Sometimes It's Just the Guys. It's a, a book I wrote for my son. Cause he's always getting dissed by his sisters. They don't want to hang out. You know? <laughs> he's got nothing to do. And it's a book about, he's older now, but when he was little, it was about the stuff we used to do. We used to hang out, you know, watch, watch movies and make forts and just eat, eat cool stuff. You know, <laughs> I kind of made a book out of it to cheer him up. And uh, it went really well. I sold a bunch just from word of mouth. And we're trying to do some other ones. Uh, all, everyone in the, our family's got some really cool ideas for stories and whatnot. So we're kind of, so, something I would like to explore more. And do do that. I think that'd be really cool. A funny story, uh, if I, if I may, if I could bounce back to the the band that I'm calling Cost because I don't have an actual name for it yet. Was uh, Scott from Bloodlet was on vocals, and out of the ten songs, nine of them had vocals and one didn't. And we hit like a an impasse where we couldn't, you know, we we all lost steam and got distracted. I got to start doing End Rain. Everyone started doing other Bloodlet got back together and started doing stuff. So everyone was busy. And there was one song that was like the bane of my existence because it wasn't finished. So fast forward to when Art comes down here, freshly uh, dismissed from Bloodlet. <laughs> in the studio recording with N-Rain, I had the track that didn't have vocals on it from, from, the, from the cost recording. Yeah. And I had Art sing on it. And, uh, you know, I, I sent a text message to Scott and I was like, Hey, you know, I'm tired of waiting. I just got somebody else to do it. Check it out. And like the vocals start and then the camera pans out and it's the bassist they just kicked out of their band. <laughs> <laughs> the, whole, the whole universe just collapsed for five minutes. <laughs> and everyone started dying. It was really, really funny. And I think it broke the ice too. It kind of soothed the tension and got everything back to where it needed to be with those guys, which is great. That was a, a funny story from that. They're all that, great. That I'm funny. actually doing something with Charlie from Bloodlet now. We're actually doing... Uh, I can't disclose what the, the nature of the project is, but him and I have been bouncing some tracks and we're going to be doing something. So I've always been tight with Bloodlet. They're like some of my favorite people and musicians. I've almost worked with everybody in that band in a different capacity at this point, which is really cool. That is very cool. And I, of course, I know that you're a big fan and you released several of their records too. Yeah. Well, re reissued or live, live one or two. Yeah. Yeah. 
icons to me for sure. They're like right up there with integrity. It's like one of my, my most influential nineties bands, no doubt. Oh, I get it. Very cool band. All right. Well, um, let's wrap this up on what we think we should do with our lawns right now. I'm in a no mowing phase. Really? It's not growing enough. And some of it's, some of it's yellow. It's, you know, this, we need rain. That would stress me out. No, I got to It's got to stay high and tight at all times. I can't deal. It's got to stay neat. But uh, here's what do you do. You, do you mow in a pattern? It's different every time. Really? I, it's, it, I never, I never stick to the same one once, uh, once, twice I've done full spiral out from the fire pit. I just did that. Exactly. It's, tough. it's amazing though. It looks great when it's done. But if somebody, if no, I did it once before like a family gathering and nobody noticed. So it felt like it was, wasn't worth it. You know, like several men standing in the backyard and nobody said I, anything. I feel your pain. Cause that's like, you know, it's a lot of work and it deserves acknowledgement. I see. And you don't want to point it out, you know, cause I don't really brag. I mean, like, how do you point it out? You know what I mean? Just kind of walk in a circle. <laughs> Somebody like facing your steps. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so the light hits right. Yeah. <laughs> That's been my obsession, you know, just like uh, that. And, you know, I've been really wanting to get into bocce.
have it. That was my conversation with Dom, the guitarist of Endrain and soon to be a bocce world champion. I'd have to suspect the guy just does things and he's he's good at them. All right. So don't be surprised if you see him. Uh, I don't know if do they do bocce tournaments on ESPN. If they did, if they do, he'll be there. I'm confident. Anyway, I want to thank him for his time and for talking to me about the new band, the new record and all sorts of other things, especially mowing patterns. If you guys think we're kidding about this, we definitely texted each other pictures of our mowing patterns on uh, last Sunday. So, you know, just a little insight. Uh, I went for a figure eight. He did the spiral around the fire pit. His looked better than mine. Figure eight's tough. You can't keep doing it. You know, I have a tree in a fire pit. I thought I could keep going. It only goes so far before you just end up with a two ovals. It's like a, it's like double egg, not figure eight. doesn't work out. And then there's a shed in the way. And then there's groundhog poop. You know, just mowing's a great time. Don't get me wrong, but it's hard to be creative. That's all. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to say it out there. It's hard to be creative. You really got to work at it. And I'm not ready to quit on it. I'm sure he's not either. Don't come back here for mowing pattern uh, updates. Those are going to be between us. But just know that they're happening. We're striving for perfection one day at a time. The song you just heard was Chasing Divinity. That's the second single off the record and available everywhere. Now released officially yesterday. There's a music video for that one as well. Ominous, creepy, and ripping might be a word I would use to describe the sound. I don't know. I like everything about this record. I hope you do too. I hope you enjoyed listening to the breakdown of how it all came together. I, even though I knew it, was happy to hear it again. So I can't imagine the joy you're feeling from hearing it for the first time. So that's going to be it for this episode of the podcast. But as usual, I need to tell you to go to gettingitout.net. I just put up a, a review I did for the new Church of Misery record. Yes, the Japanese doom band. It's called Born Under a Mad Sign. Great record. Check it out. Hear my thoughts on it, which are all positive. I only do positive reviews, by the way. We should, I should tell you that you will not go to gettingitout.net and find negative reviews. I did that for years for stereokiller.com. Just shit on bands. I'm not doing that anymore. I have matured. Anyway, there's uh, all sorts of news there, including news about a new track from Horrendous, the Philadelphia uh, progressive death metal band. And uh, this is another song that I'm about to play you from Horrendous. It's not that one. So listen to this one. And then go to gettingitout.net to hear the newer one. This song is the title track off of Horrendous's new album, which drops in August, August 18th to be exact, on Season of Mist Records. It's, I think, called Ontological Mysterium. Check it out. Thank you for listening. Bye bye. (laughs) 